0: Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Song of Songs, chapter three, and um, begin begin reading with, uh, let's go to verse two. It says, I will arise now, Uh, well, go back to verse one. By night on my bed, I sought the one I love. I sought him. But I did not find him. I will rise now, I said, and I will go about the city in the streets and in the squares, and I will seek the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. The watchman, so going around the city in the night, looking for the one they love. And it says, the watchman who go about the city found me and said, and I said, have you seen the one I love? I love. Scarcely I had passed by them when I found the one I love, and I held him, and I would not let him go. Say those words with me. And I held him. Come on, say it with me. And I held him, and I would not let him go. Say it again. And I held him, and I would not let him go. That's a decision that we make in our life. And I want to talk to you this morning real briefly about loving Jesus for a lifetime. How many of you think that's a worthy purpose, the highest purpose that we've been given is to know and to love the Lord. There's nothing higher. There's nothing greater. And to love him for a lifetime. Come on. How many of you going to do that with me? That's I, I am encouraging you in here. Because we live in a crazy world. We just went through some crazy years in the past. And we saw overnight, 25%, they say, some say 30%, 25 to 30% of church attenders just stopped going to church. And that, that's crazy. There's nothing worth, there's nothing in this world that should ever measure the taking away what you have in Christ. There's nothing, right? And so we live in a, the world's crazy. We know that. I don't need to preach that to you. The world is always going to be a little crazy, but we are not of this world. Amen. We are not of this world. This world's not our home. We are in another kingdom. So no matter what happens in this world, we are in the kingdom of heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. So we've got to learn to walk in that kingdom, and so he's he's calling us to know him and to never stop knowing him and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper with the Lord. I started this journey with many people, but I don't see them all, and that's kind of the bad news i don't i don't there are people that I'm not saying they're not going to go to heaven. I'm just saying I don't really see them in the race. I don't see them running, going after their journey. The Bible has promised you that you have a life that will go from glory to glory. And that we will never be stopped being transformed from glory to glory, even into the image of the Son of God. That is our journey. So when I come back here 20 years from now, um, and, and, and I see Jesus' image, you are going to be burning brighter for the Lord than you are today. How many of you want to be burning brighter, ever brighter for the Lord? How many of you, I know I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak, but how many of you are not planning on backing up, giving up, stopping, quitting? You're going farther and farther. We shall yet get more radical. We shall yet see greater things and, and know the Lord more and more. This is the promise that you have is that we're not going to just be barely holding on till he comes back again. No, we're going to be going farther and farther stronger and stronger, walking more and more in the things of God. So I want to say that's kind of the bad news is, is that we live in a world where people are, are believing stuff that's not biblical. We live in a world where people are, are trying to get by, by the world and by the spirit of the age. And that will never work. I mean, you know, when you got born again, you came out of the world and you got placed into Christ and you are of a different spirit. You can't ever go back. Come on. How many of you know that? How many of you know when you got born again, the center part of you died and you got born again, a new righteous man in Christ. That's why you can't ever go back to you. You can, you know, people try to get frustrated or whatever and go back, but you, you'll never be able to go back to the nightclub. You say, really? No, you can go, but it'll never be you again. You'll be 10,000 times more miserable than you were before because Jesus is in you (laughs) and he don't like it there, right? The Holy Spirit's in you. He doesn't like it there, right? So you are, you, he, listen, let me tell you something. The Lord loves you and he said, there's nothing that's going to separate you from the love of God. And he's got you in his hand. And, and this thing is far more powerful than the devil's plan. Amen. I just feel like I need to be kind of saying that right now. Just encouraging the whole world right now with this. But he's calling us to love him for a lifetime and the reward of a life that that lives him for a lifetime. Um. And you've got to choose. You've just got to choose to go after him. And so let let me give you these just really quickly. The first thing that we see in the scripture is that they chose to seek their love. It's a choice you got to make. I'm not talking about thank God for good church attendance, but I'm talking about choosing to go after the Lord. I'm talking about choosing to love the Lord choosing what it is you want in life. And this lover got up and began to search for true love and you've got to be a seeker. Come on, how many of you know you got to be a seeker? And if you're going to stay in love for a lifetime, you got to seek for a lifetime. You never quit seeking the Lord. It is our privilege to seek the Lord. It is our privilege to wake up in the morning and turn our heart begin to look and begin to seek the Lord. So we never stop seeking the Lord and our pursuit is the greatest thing in life. And the scripture says in Matthew six thirty three, you know it well, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, when you put the kingdom first and you seek the kingdom first, everything and more that you're looking for in life, the Lord will minister it to you. It won't be you trying to get it or work it up or accomplish it or do it. It is the Lord's privilege as as your good shepherd, to minister to you everything he planned for you before the foundation of the world. He planned it before the foundation of the world and he called you. So you've got to begin to seek the Lord and you've got to begin to go after him. And you can't just sit there and say, well, you know, uh, you know, one day it might happen. Or one day, I'll, I'll, I'll go after God. Or one day, I'll go to Bible school. Maybe God's dealing with people about Bible school. No, you gotta, you gotta begin to purpose in your heart. I don't know how to do it. I have never done this before. But I am purposing to seek the Lord. And from this day forward, I will put the Lord first in my life. See, that's how you begin to seek Him, is you put Him first. And if you want to seek him and know him for a lifetime, he's got to stay first. <laughs> he's got to see. How many of you know he doesn't fit anywhere else in the order? If he's ever anything but first, it's out of order. If, the, if your life has anything, any other first, then our life is out of order. But we got to seek him first. It doesn't mean we know how to do it. Brothers and sisters, doesn't mean we're even good at it. But it means from this day forward, I will seek you, God. I will put you first. I will love you first. And I will go after you more than anything else in this life. I will go after you. And what you'll learn is, is what we call the beauty of first. The beauty of first. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. From Genesis 1-1, you find the beauty of first. Because when God's at the beginning of anything, and when He's first in anything, His power comes on it. In the beginning, God In the beginning of a marriage, God. In the beginning of a business venture, God. In the beginning of a journey, a a ministry, whatever it is. In the beginning, God. It has to begin with God. It has to have the divine order of God first. You know what you're at right now? You're at the beginning of your week. This is the beginning of the week, not the end of the week. In the beginning, Sunday, Jesus image. You know what that means? God's power is going to come on the rest of your week. God's power comes on the rest of your life. In the beginning, God and his creative power comes upon it. That's what we call first fruits even. In the beginning of anything that's new, it belongs to God. And everything after that, his power His glory is upon. That's why the tie is so important because you're saying, God, I honor you. This is the first of everything that's increased. And I know it all comes from you. And in the beginning, then his creative power comes upon the rest of what is there. So in the beginning, the beauty of a God first life. And if you don't know how to seek him today, simply begin to seek him by saying, God, By your grace, you will be first in my life. I will defer to you. I will honor you. And you will be first in my life and everything I will do. Because listen, Jesus is life. He's not an add-on to your life. I like, I think Michael said this. I, some reason I got it in my brain that Pastor Michael said this. Excuse me, Pastor Michael said this. But he said, you know, Jesus isn't just the sprinkles on your Sunday. He's, it's, it's like he's not just a little add-on to your, uh, to your ice cream Sunday life. Jesus isn't our sprinkles. We don't add Jesus onto our life. We don't layer Jesus onto our life. Jesus is life. He is the entire life. He is everything. He's not an add on. You don't just take the life you have and just add a little Jesus to it on Sunday morning. You surrender everything to Him. You are first. You are Alpha. You are Omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. If you're not in it, I don't want it. I am one with you. I'm going to step into this. This is what we're called to church. He is he is everything. And you know, I was a uh, I was in a in India uh or I had an Indian cab driver. And uh, I, actually I think I was in Germany with a precious Indian cab driver and I was witnessed witnessing to him one morning as we were going to the airport. And I began to talk to him about the Lord, and he's like, Oh, yes, Jesus, yes, yes. I like to light a candle for Jesus, you know, on, on, um, on, like, on Christmas or something like that. I like to light a candle, and I said, Sir, I I can see you sincerely are seeking the Lord, but but can I tell you that Jesus is not an add-on to 44 million other gods. He is the son of God. He is not just a candle you light. He is either everything or he's nothing. He is all in all. And that's the way he comes as a humble king into our life. And we have to understand the beauty of seeking him. And I, I just feel like there are people that are gonna make a decision in here today. Maybe you've been halfway. Maybe you've been part of the way. Maybe you used to. Maybe you backed off a little bit. You got him compartmentalized in the rest of your life. He gets access to part of it, but not all of it. This is really, really good news because you're about to find out why you're on planet earth and it is to know him. Amen. And I feel like that there are going to people today that are going to trust him and open your heart and say, God, I can't do this in my strength. I can't do it in my own way, but I am going to live a God first life. I'm going to seek you. I want this love. And you know, I'm not satisfied that other people have a good relationship with the Lord. Every one of us can have an amazing relationship with the Son of God. Amen? Amen. Woo! Glory to God. He's so beautiful. You know, um, all through worship, I kept thinking. I kept thinking about... Uh, I got to be careful here because we may just we may just wreck the plane right here and just never come out of this one. But um, I began to think about Peter. And I actually when I was praying last night, I was thinking about Peter and I was thinking about how how here's a fisherman is not a you know, he's a he's a Jewish man. But he, he even on out of his own confession said, I'm a I'm a sinful man. So he wasn't really walking with with the Lord. Um, He he wasn't in that number that was even pursuing him. And he looks up one day and Jesus gives him an invitation. And the invitation is, is that Jesus is, is like, hi, Peter. He's standing in his boat. He walked over. And he got in his boat. How many, of, how many of you, when you were lost, you wanted the Lord to just leave you alone? <laughs> and he kept pursuing you. Like, you were trying to run. Maybe you were raised in church or whatever. You had Christian family who tried to run. But how many glad glad he, he would not get out of your boat? <laughs> Can you thank him for that right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he's still in your boat. He's still in your boat. And here, here is Peter. He looks up and the scripture says, he, this is Luke 5, beginning with verse 1. It says he is tired because these expert fishermen are toiling in life. There's another way to live. It's called the God first. It's seeking him. Because if you're not, then you're left with toiling. You're left with doing doing it in your own strength. You're left with doing it in your own power. And here's Jesus. He's standing there and he's like, all these people are crowding in to hear the word of God. They're, 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 They're crowding in. and He said, Peter, just push out from the shore. Let me use your boat. And you know, I said God's given invitations and I really feel this, that he's, he is, he's knocking on hearts. And here's the invitation to seek him is that when he comes, it will usually not be convenient. <laughs> I, I, many times when the Lord comes, he, because he gives you a choice, he gives you a choice to walk with him or not. And here he gets in his boat and he says, Peter, come on. He chose him. He's ready to encounter Peter and this multitude. And he got in a boat. So listen, if you're going to seek the Lord, the first thing you got to do is you got to become available. You know, I, I know this isn't maybe deep, but listen, there's a lot of people that say they love Jesus, but they're unavailable. They're just unavailable. They're busy with other stuff and they're toiling. They fished all night because that's when the fish were there. They were experts. They fished all night. They caught nothing. And, and, and here, if you want to encounter God, become available. So God, I put you first and I'm available. I don't know what it is, but he will come and step in your life. He will come and step in your life and just beware. It may not be at the most convenient moment and you'll have to make a choice. No, I told God I'm available. So I'm available. And listen, I would rather go, I would rather buy a plane ticket believing I'm obeying God and go halfway around the world just in the integrity of obedience to what I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking and, and get there. And if I miss it, I say, well, Hey, at least I went for it, God. And I know that wasn't your voice next time. (laughs) And you just keep going. You know, I just got back. I've been. I just got back from Japan, and a wonderful. The church there, a wonderful move of God. It was amazing to watch these millennial and Gen Z um, Japanese worship God with all their heart. It's amazing, I mean you'll be doing the worship set, and they'll just take off on their own. The congregation'll just go off in the spirit they don't care what you're singing at that point, you just follow them and and it's hard to it's hard to not go with them because it's the whole group, and they're just amazing, but I'm telling you from the first note, the spirit of God falls in the place from the first note and and God's moving you know all over the all over the world and I remember I remember. One night I had a dream. And in the dream, I had a house in Japan. And I had never even thought about Japan. I love China. I never even thought about Japan. And in the dream, I'm marrying a man and his wife in my house. They're dressed in Western um, wedding attire. And I remember marrying them, not I married them. They married each other. I was the officiator. <laughs> Sorry. I was the officiator of the, of the marriage. And, 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 and at the very end, a cold wind came through. And I knew it was spiritual. And I bent over and I held myself because I don't like cold weather. But God keeps inviting me to cold weather. And... Uh, And so I bent over and I said, oh, God, don't let the cold drive me out. And so I told a friend of mine, I said, I think the Lord wants me to go to Japan. He gave me one phone number. I reached out to the person. I bought a plane ticket. You got to lean into God. You got to go for it. Even at the it takes risk when you've toiled all night. But you believe the Lord standing in your boat. You got to be available. You gotta put him first. You gotta be willing, you gotta be willing to put it on the line for him to know him. Does that help anybody today? And again, I remember going, I don't know why I didn't look it up on the website. I didn't 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 even think about it. But serving the Lord is so much fun. And I remember checking into the hotel. This is my first time in Tokyo, and the person calls, they're there. I walked down, uh, not walked down, I took the elevator down and I walk across. And when I look up, there's the man from the dream. There's the guy from the dream. He's right there. And all I could think is, now I need to see his wife, make sure he married the right person. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's adventures and journeys with God. Just let him, he's... He will step into your life. I think about you too, leaving California. He stepped, you couldn't see it all, what you see today, but he stepped into your life. And you have to be available. Is anybody available to encounter the Lord in here? How many of you want to make a little more time to be available? You got to, how many are you going to put him first and begin to say, God, you're first and I seek you. It's just, it's not a negotiable from here on. And so, so Peter goes on and you know, you can go all into that. He, then, then I love this about the Lord because, because once you get around his glory, he'll get a little more. Every time I, re- I get around the glory, he gets another yes from me. Every time you get over there, you may be a little tired and the glory of God comes. He'll say, hey, Peter, let's go to the deep now. How many want to go into the deep with the Lord? Come on, let's go into the deep. So they go out, they push off, they go out. And he says, Peter, let's have some fun. Those nets you just cleaned, let's put them back in the water. I'm about to reveal something to you because you followed me into the deep. Some of you are going to, you followed him to Bible school. Can I tell you, I've never regretted the decisions to go for God. There's never one decision. They, did, they, they weren't all perfect, but I've never regretted one decision to, to put God first and to go for it in our life. I remember I was a, a, as a young man, I was a vice president or offered a vice presidency in a firm. It seemed like the sure thing. It seemed like the perfect thing to do. I mean, it seemed like the ultimate success. And I, 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 at the same time, there was a little church that was, that wasn't planted And there would be $300 a week to feed your family, rent a place to live, put gas in your car, rent a church building to have church, pay for all the church, all of that there. And it was in a domino parlor. Does anybody know what a domino parlor is? That's the place you put a church at last resort. That's the place you start a church. <laughs> My wife's laughing at me. It was a place where they met and played dominoes. That's what you do in Texas when you're in the country. And, <laughs> and it was a place, and it also had fire trucks on the other side of the wall. So here we are. And the problem is Jesus had already gotten the boat. And he's saying, now let's go a little deeper Cut the strings and let's go farther. Follow me. Follow me into this little country place. Follow me off the map. Follow me out of what looks secure and find your security in me. And so we go in there. I mean, this is how fancy it was. We had one folding table and we had two fancy plastic fake plants from Walmart as the altar. We had such a fancy media department that when the tape ran out, I had to stop and go turn the tape over myself. <laughs> and I had to set up the fake table and the fake plants. And on a really powerful Sunday, they'd start the fire trucks and the fumes would come under the screen. And the children, the children, <laughs> the children were in the, in the kitchen. Playing in the oven and <laughs> starting the microwave and then you'd be preaching, believing for the glory, and the kids would run through the church and the fire truck. Y'all. <laughs> but what we found was the book of Acts. What we found is the Bible came alive. What we found is a God who is more than able to take care of us. And reveal himself to us. And, you know, while I maybe wouldn't want to go back there, I will tell you that my life changed forever. And there'll be times that maybe not that crazy, but he'll say, hey, come on, let's cast the nets. Let's go out a little deeper. And when that happened, Peter saw the catch and he bowed down and he said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Isn't that amazing? Peter wasn't perfect. And Jesus still wanted to encounter him. We're not perfect. Don't let the fact that we're not perfect stop us from being hungry for encounter to the Lord. Because it's when you encounter him that you'll give up more stuff in your life. And you'll give up anger. And you'll give up frustration. And you'll give up disappointment. Because he's revealing himself to you over and over and over again in your life. And this is what I want you to see. Jesus said to Peter in that moment he said Peter Peter he said I'm going to make you a fisher of men it was in that moment god gave him his destiny it came out of the encounter with the lord and you know what we do we we dr- are driven in the western world especially to create our own destiny we are driven to perfection and 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 drive and we we create our own Uh, images on social media and our own everything. We create it because we put all this patchwork together and we want to show the world who we are. But I'm telling you, there's an invitation from the Son of God not for you to write your story and write your life. I'm telling you, there's an invitation if you will love him and never stop loving him, putting him first, and you'll let him get in your boat and you'll cast out into the deeper waters with him. You'll go farther with him than you've ever gone. There is an invitation today. Not that you'll write your story, but Jesus Christ of Nazareth will write you into his story. From that day, Peter never wrote his story. It didn't belong to him anymore. Jesus wrote Peter into his story. And you know what he's inviting you all over this room today? He's inviting you to let him write you into his story. The son of God wants to write you into his story, into his journey, into his destiny. It all belongs to him. And I think there's a missing ingredient that hinders us. And just in a few moments that I have here, I just think there's a missing ingredient because we go to we go to church more you know, most every Sunday, we know we're supposed to read our Bibles. We know we're supposed to love His presence and worship. And you guys do a great job of it here. And I love what you're doing in America, and I love the the note you're sounding to Orlando and to America. And we know where to do this. You hear this in in churches really all over the world every Sunday. But I think there's a a missing ingredient. And that's that we failed to understand the romance heart of the Lord. The reason I read my Bible is not because I can check it off the list. How many of you raised a kid with a star chart? Anybody know what a star chart is? Okay. We must be a lot different in Texas. Our kids were raised with star charts. They even got some free stars just to get them started. But when they got all the stars for doing their duties, then mom would take them and get them ice cream or whatever it was they wanted. And I think we think we're under the star chart. We're like doing our duties, but our hearts are detached. And I, I'm just telling you. To love him for a lifetime is to let him romance you for a lifetime. And if you haven't discovered it. The Lord is a, Is romantic in his affection for you. He's called a bridegroom. And we are called a bride. He is affectionate. And he even gave us this thing we call marriage. Now, not everybody gets married. But a lot of us do. And he gave us this journey called marriage. And the reason he gave us marriage is not so we learn to go through stuff. It's that we learn the romantic heart of God. Marriage is about the romantic heart of God. I've been dating her 46 years. We still hold hands. She's still the kindest person I've ever met. She speaks only good to me. She believes in me when I can't believe in myself. She's a strength. She says, oh, honey, you have ministry all over the world, but you're my ministry. How many of you believe... That God gave us an example of a husband and wife becoming one so that we would get a picture of how to be one with Him. If you celebrate Him, celebrate your wife. If you spend time with Him, spend time with your wife. And learn that you never do life independently again. That the Lord is so romantic with us that He wants to be one. Bone of your bone. Flesh of your flesh, more than anything we've even seen in marriage, a oneness with God that this world cannot understand. We are a sign and a wonder to angels. We are even called his body. Part of the romantic heart of the Lord is the most intimate of intimate affection that is far beyond anything we know in the natural. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the romantic heart of the Lord to us. And what keeps me going? Fifty years with the Lord. It's not all perfect. And it can be ugly at times. But what keeps me going and what will keep you going is to learn to let the Lord romance your heart over and over and over again and fall in love every day over and over and over again and begin to experience the depths of his affection like never before. When you find him, never let him go. And it's a determination. I'm not going to let my wife go. And I'm not going to let my Savior go. And you have to be determined in your heart. When you find Him, and every one of you, you know what I mean? You found Him at salvation, but you never stop. You keep finding Him. And you keep finding Him. And He keeps stepping in your boat saying, Hey, you ready? you get enough rest? Let's go again. Hey, you ready? Hey, you ready to follow me over here where you thought you said you'd never go? Hey, you ready to take a risk again? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why? Because he's about to reveal himself to you again. Just like he did Peter in that boat. When Peter didn't feel worthy for that kind of encounter with the Lord, Jesus revealed His majesty. And I'm going to tell you, part of the romantic heart of the Lord is you let need to let Him romance you as the, as the miracle-working Messiah, Jesus, resurrected Savior in life. He can't ever be normal. This walk with Him can't ever... Be just a human thing. It can't ever be comfortable. I'm not telling you just go do crazy stuff. That's a spirit of religion. It's actually a spirit of pride. But I'm telling you, you can't ever let your heart get so closed off that you're not in love, willing to pursue him. Because in the pursuit, he will romance you by revealing The miracle working Savior that he is. Peter would follow him anywhere because because he saw the Son of God. He saw the Messiah and he said, Lord, leave me. I'm sinful. And Jesus said, no, I want you closer. Do you remember John in the book of Revelation on John, John chapter one? John's 90 years old when he gets the revelation. Now, he's the guy in the Bible that called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He's tracking on something. He's the disciple that Jesus loves. he's, he's, He's written books that we have in the Bible. And suddenly he's on Patmos and he's been imprisoned. They tried to boil him in oil and he didn't die. They couldn't kill him. And what's the scripture? Now he's 90 years old. And the pursuit is still on. Jesus is still romancing his heart. Some of the time you may get a little tired. Some of the time you may be tempted to get disappointment, disappointed. But the Lord will come. And he will romance your heart. And you will follow him to the ends of the earth. And here's John. And he's about to get the deepest revelation of Jesus he's ever had. Three years he touched him. Three years he put his head upon his breast. Three years he sang hymns with him. Three years he was taught by the Messiah. And here he is. In the spirit, on the Lord's day, still putting him first. And Jesus romances his heart once again. And he says, John, here's something of me nobody on earth has ever seen eyes of fire, shining like the sun. Feet like he walked in a furnace. Nail-pierced hands. Sword in his mouth. What was it? It was romance. He wasn't going to let John get tired. He wasn't going to let John quit. He wasn't going to let the one whom he loved and the one who loved him he was going to make sure his reward was full when he went on to the other side and he wrote the book of Revelation. And I love what he says to the church at Ephesus that John also pastored. And Ephesus, you know, when it says in the scripture, tell the Ephesians to return to their first love. What was he doing? He's romancing the Ephesians. He's saying, hey, Ephesus. Come on. Do you know what Ephesus means? It means darling. It means darling. He said, he's saying, hey. Tell darling. I still want to love them. Tell darling. I'm still in love. I want them to be in love. 40 years. A love. That only grows stronger. A love. That death can't even quench. He wants to put a wedding ring on your heart. Song of Solomon, chapter 8. That no waters can quench. No troubles can quench. No fire can put out. Not even death. He wants to marry your heart. For me, it's become not about a big church I don't, I don't care if I'm on the backside of the desert if he's there and I'm not just saying that it's not about it's not about platforms it's not about this or that it's about loving him For a lifetime, a lifetime of encounter, a lifetime of romance, a lifetime of Him revealing Himself over and over and over again. I got to stop, but I don't want you to stop. If this is touching a note in you in any place, to, to seek him, to go after him, to love him and never let him go. Maybe you've gotten a little tired. Maybe it's been a little routine. Maybe you've not felt like it's the voice of the Lord. But you want that answer, that invitation today. And just say, God, you want, you want my, my life? Step in my boat. I'm here. If, if there's any person here you, and you'd like to, just stand up around the room. Just stand up. And I'm going to pray and then we'll have communion. Don't, you don't have to stand if it's not knocking on your heart. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, romance our hearts. Lord, never stop romancing our hearts. We give you permission to capture us. We'll follow you anywhere. We'll follow you anywhere to the ends of the earth. If we can know you. Lord, here's our life, our boat, so to speak. Doesn't have to be fancy, Lord. Just if you step in it, we'll go out with you. We'll follow you. Always be miraculous. Never let us limit you by religion or tradition. Always be miraculous, Lord. Always manifest your glory. Capture our heart. Never let us grow weary, Lord. Bring us into true sonship. Bring us into true friendship. Let us find our identity in you. Write us in your story, Lord. Write us, Lord. Every life, every person in this room, write us. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is over. It does not matter. But we thank you. With Paul, we say this is our determined purpose to know you. This is our purpose. And we will go after the high calling in Christ Jesus to know you. Lord, we cannot do this in our strength, but you can awaken our hearts. Awaken our hearts, Lord. Thank you for our covenant. Thank you for oneness. Thank you for unity. And from this day, God, mark our lives to belong to you. Let him mark you right now. Let him mark you right now. Mark us, God. Mark us that we cannot do life without you. We cannot do life without being one with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now release this, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for a fresh wind, a fresh wave. I thank you, God. For your glory and your anointing come upon your people and let the pursuit begin. Let it happen in the nighttime. Let it happen in the mornings. Let it happen in the Word of God. Awaken the feasting upon the Word of God. Awaken our hearts with your presence, God. Pursue us night and day. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness right now and I break shame off of people. I break disappointment off of people. I break the lies of the enemy off of people that you don't want them or care about them. I thank you, Lord. They find their identity and their place in you, God. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless them, God. I bless them, God. I bless them, and I thank you, God, they'll carry your majesty across the earth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I bless you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe. To help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel, give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit JesusImage.tv.